passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach pod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene product. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers chest hair. And maybe you've grown some winter man tits. At least you can make them hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off in free shipping with my promo code Bubba. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full-body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or your treasure chest in your pants, doesn't matter. This is the best trimmer on the market. Inside the Performance Package, you're going to find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and Moisturizer. Because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Nobody likes nose hairs, so their package comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0 as well. You're also going to get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, about a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. And if you're wearing sandals, you're going to need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for grooming is a essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles at manscaped.com. Promo code Bubba. We're getting in the zone. Welcome the Anna Hummel Show. Gonna hang out with you guys for about an hour. Thanks for those that are joining in. I see you. Joe the Supermarket Big Lunger. Sean Crosby, thank you guys for joining us. For really me today. Um, I was trying to explain to some friends a jujitsu yesterday about the show not really trying to invite people to listen not that i'm a i don't want people to listen to me but uh, sometimes you just want to keep things separate but equal if you know what i mean you know maybe i don't want everybody at jujitsu to know certain things about me because i not that i present differently but when you're in jujitsu you mostly just talk about Jiu-jitsu, you know, it's rare that you even know what anybody else does for a living. There was a guy I was I was working with yesterday and I've known him probably for about 2 years and it was the we were talking about something and he goes, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "That's insane that we don't know that 2 years into a friendship." But which is kind of awesome. Cuz all you're concerned about, you don't care 
their certifications or how much college they've had or where they worked or if they're married. You don't give a fuck. All you want to know is you know how to do a move that I would like to know. Can you show me how to do it? Brian from Philly. I'm so glad Brian from Philly is is still involved in this program. I really appreciate you, Brian. It was great seeing you. When the fuck did I see this week? Tuesday morning, right, because the game was Monday. Um, uh, Florida Stanley, if you could call in so I could abruptly hang up on you because I owe Brian from Philly a a snipe and I would just like to apologize and let you know that it was – it was not intentional, and it was just an oversight. I got a lot going on. I got the phones. I got the board. I got the computers, the computers, if you will. Um, so I, I do apologize for that, and thank you for still contributing to this program, Brian. I appreciate you more than you know. 813-90-BUB if you'd like to call in. Uh, so, yeah, so jujitsu is just nice to keep things separate but equal. You know, you just you have... Not that it, there's a few people that I know and that know me and we like get each other or they listen to the show and, and they, they get it. But I feel I fear, especially a lot of my my female friends, which it's been a while since I've had this many girlfriends. And to be honest, I don't even have that many there. But because most of the people there are men, I would say the the demographic breakdown gender wise at, let's just say, my gym, Gracie Tampa South. And on any given class, it's usually probably 18% women, 82% men on average. Oh, Mike Thurman, 49.99 uh, towards on his end of the month. Bonus check. Wish I got one of those. But hey, that's okay. I appreciate you nonetheless. If it goes to the operation, it benefits me. Because listen, if you if you donate, especially during my show, you are showing that I bring value, which I'm trying to prove to everyone and myself on a daily basis that I am valuable. Please don't get please don't get rid of me. I wasn't on the show, the after show. Yet there are nails and food in this keyboard, and not for me. So I'm sorry if I keep looking down and you see. It's hard for me to disguise my face. I go ah. Um, but yeah, so I I wasn't on the after show yesterday. I got booted off which makes me uneasy, even though, even when it's the right decision, it makes me uneasy. There's really no reason I need to be there when the boys are discussing sports because all it will be met with is, you know, sighs and eye rolls. So I I, I certainly don't want to be there. It's strange. I can memorize almost anything. I have a solid memory, cannot for the life of me remember anything if if it's like something needs to be said in the ballpark of 50 to 70 times when it comes to sports for it to even start sinking in even just a little bit and it, I think it obviously on some level I'm resisting it on every level I'm resisting it not that I think that the brain has only a finite amount of space but you know much like any sort of drive hard drive you, you know external hard drive it's only got you know till gigabytes, however many, you know, terabytes, whatever, uh, gigabytes. And then you have to start deleting things so new things can come in. So I feel like I resist, I resist the sports. I don't want to learn anything because I don't want it to cloud anything else that I may know or get in the way of anything. And also I find it um, terribly boring. I just, it's so, I like when sports goes beyond sports, right? When it goes into domestic violence that's when I start to go, oh, interesting. When it goes into drowning dogs and when it goes into rape, that's when the athlete comes on my radar. Oh, 
Michael Vick. Oh, interesting. Yes, he was drowning dogs. All right. Do I know what team he played for? No. Position? No. Uh, but I know that he was in the NFL and that he was uh, abusing dogs, torturing dogs. You know, I mean, with Michael Vick, it's just interesting. It's interesting because, listen, if you, like, kill dogs, not great, right? No one likes that. I'm a vegetarian. I love animals. At least I'm supposed to say that. Um, Fine. You know, you shoot dogs for sport. Not okay. But, but someone who, like, electrocutes dogs in a bath like that, it, like, you don't... You're not just trying to kill a dog, like you're trying to make it suffer. And that is, uh, you deserve a a special place in hell for someone who is trying to torture a dog or any, any living sentient being. I mean, it is odd that we, we select, we have selective compassion when it comes to animals. You know, God forbid you mistreat a dog or hit a dog or you know, kill a dog, not okay, but this is coming from the same people that eat chicken and cows and pigs, and they have no problem because those animals are reserved for food and these animals are reserved for being pets. So it is just kind of a strange thing, and it's not like a pig can't feel pain or or even a dumber, a chicken, like it can still experience suffering. So it is a strange argument. I hear it all the time from people who are, I don't know what they're trying to do. I tell them I'm a vegetarian and then it's just this, all of these things they they assume about me. Some of which are true, some of which are not. Uh, do I have more compassion for animals than the average Joe? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because it's not like I really, I have a lot of love in my heart for animals. It's just like I don't like seeing things suffer that is uncomfortable for me does that mean I'm a good person no it's just like I'm just queasy about it like some people are queasy around blood I'm queasy about it like I don't want to hear a woman giving birth like I just don't like screams I don't it was even hard to like hear the three-year-old that shot herself in the arm uh with the firearm that was left unattended by an older relative of hers like i just don't like hearing screams in in pain like that's that's une- it's unsettling for me but yeah it is just kind of strange that we reserve certain compassion for animals and then other animals can just fucking who cares right like don't give a fuck about lambs don't give a fuck about pigs chickens cows but when it comes to a cat or a dog now, dogs I get. Cats I don't. Cats are, um, I don't want to, they're not vile creatures, but they're so fickle. And it, I, it, living with two cats for three years, which I did with my old roommate, um, you would think that I would have grown at least like some sort of affection for an animal that I saw almost every day for three years. You would think I'd feel a little something when I had to say goodbye. And there was nothing. And I didn't know if that's because it was a cat and cats suck or if it's me and the problem is me. So listen, those are my two hypotheses. I don't know. I suppose both could be true that I just have a problem pair bonding with living, breathing things. And also cats suck. So it's like hard to like them when they're when when they don't want to be touched by you and they don't want to show you affection Gouda, the one with the underdeveloped penis, was he had his moments, but he was like a, as Bubba would say, a triple edged sword. 
because he was more affectionate, but he was also more annoying. Which is uh, maybe it was like looking in a mirror. I don't know where it's like, yeah, he's clingy, which is annoying when you don't want him to be around. But when you wanted that attention and affection from an animal, he was there to give it to you. Whereas the other one just couldn't give a fuck less. I'm like, why are you even a, a pet? Like you, she would, Blue would just kind of do her own thing. And she like didn't want to be held. Even when I would see like Rachel Holder, she clearly was, like she wasn't happy about it. So it's just interesting. Very interesting. 813-90-Bubba, if you'd like to call in. So, yeah, a lot of the people at jiu-jitsu don't really know. And I'm sure that a lot of you have that sort of situation where you have, like, your friends. And then there's people you know at work. Um, and they don't really know too much about you. It's a little different here, obviously, especially considering what we do and the topics that we cover. I feel like people here, uh, the people I work with, and obviously by virtue of the job, you guys know me very well. Very well, and I'm pretty much the same. Like, I mean, there's parts of me that are dialed back and, you know, turned up during the radio. But for the most part, like, it's not like I'm. there's no character being played. And it, that's fantastic to be able to be your just authentic self. And it's also not fantastic when you are your authentic self and then you just get a barrage of emails of people telling you why they hate you and why you're stupid and ugly and fat and whatever. Other horrible things people have to say. But at least you go, well, at least they got an accurate picture of what they're dealing with and they have some opinions and those opinions are not wrong, right? I mean, what you think of me or what you think of anybody isn't wrong. It's just your opinion. You can have one. And that is A-O-K. Diane Feinstein or Feinstein or Feinstein, whatever you want to call her. She is, she's dead. Uh, crazy, because I think she was she was really trying to go for the gold and say, listen, I might be 106, but I still got it, and you're not going to kick me out. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Until she wasn't fine when we all got notified about an hour ago that the bitch took a lick. She's 90 years old. So I'm sure that this is all very exciting. I don't know... F- um, in regards to how this works before there's election, I don't think that there's a whole, I think there's a, a, a deputy, uh, representative. I don't know if there's like someone in waiting, hanging in the wings to, to fill in her spot. I, I believe she was, was she a Senator or was she a representative? I, th- I think she was, was she a fucking Senator? I don't know. I, I don't know. All I know is that she was old as fuck. And I know we've, we've covered this topic on, on the big show before about, uh, not necessarily term limits, but age limits. Is there a certain point when you shouldn't, you just shouldn't be able to even be in the ring for it? I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like if you, uh, you know, you could be, you could have Alzheimer's, Al- Alzheimer's. I know I'm like, there's no T. I know how it's spelled kind of with a Z. It's hard for me to say Alzheimer's. So I say Alzheimer's. So don't, don't go come after me. I know. Um, but you can have dementia at 50, you know, and, and most 50 year olds are totally fine, totally coherent, but there are some that are not like John Fetterman. He had, his brain is fucking broken because he got, he got stroked out. Although I will say John Fetterman, I don't know who told you to do this, but I think it was the right move to go from goatee to mustache. It's definitely the in the going in the better 
in a better direction. There's something about the goatee, and I'm sure some of you have a goatee, that is wildly off-putting to me. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to think, I and I know people who used to have a goatee that don't have a goatee, some of whom I maybe am currently dating. You know, I remember when this person had a goatee and I was like, no. Then you let the rest of the beard fill in and it was a yes. Um, I like the mustache look. It's kind of like dirty, grimy, but also like a little funny. Like I think having a beard, like a mustache to me either says I'm an Indian man because they all have a mustache and that's it. That's the look. You know, when you think about like the... um. Like Muslims, like they do the beard, no mustache. You see like Khabib with this too, uh, where the beard, no mustache. That's like a look that says, I'm a Muslim and maybe I don't like Jews. When I see a mustache, I think, A, you're an Indian man. Or B, you're like a funny white guy. Like you got a sense of humor. It's like kind of... um, it's like a retro look a little bit. And to me, it's just like a funny thing to have on your face, like just a stash. Now, if the stash gets a little bit too short, you know, uh, it isn't too wide, then we go back to I, I hate Jews again. So you got to be careful with the stash. You got to be you got to be careful how it's how it's manicured because you don't want it to get too narrow because that's that can be a problem as well. 81390Bubba. Uh, so yeah, I, I was going with this, the goatee. I don't know what it is about the goatee. Maybe if I can be candid and and frank with you guys, which I usually am, I feel like the goatee is like, it's, it's, I don't want to say white trashy because it, it doesn't necessarily like it's blue collar, but not in a good way, if that makes sense. Like, I imagine that you like you don't believe in health. Usually you're trying to maybe hide a gob. I don't know what it is, but I just don't like it that much. It's just not it's just not the best look. Eight one three ninety Bubba. Hello. Who's this? On a banana. What's going on? Hey, can you? What, what type of Alzheimer's was it? Is it Alzheimer's? Alz- <laughs> Alzheimer's? Excellent. Thank you. Hey, why did Blitz leave? Pardon? Why did Blitz leave? I think we've covered this before, sir, about, uh, yeah, I, yeah. We've, we've covered it before. We've talked about it. Um, if you want to reach out to him personally, feel free, you know, the uh, kid moved on it's okay everything's all right you're not gonna suddenly catch me with a one-two punch and i'm gonna tell you something you already well, no, didn't I'm not, know i'm not not, I'm yeah. not trying to catch you in anything I'm yeah asking. okay i'm sorry yeah um that's all the information i have for you god damn it i know have a great weekend thank you hello who's this brian from philly already used his snipe credit on monday to block my snipe so he's gonna have you're to- gone does that make you happy, Brian? That was for you. Uh, uh Thank you for calling in, Florida Stanley. I, I felt like I needed to 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 do the snipe because I missed it. And he did donate a significant amount of money. Uh, $100 is a lot of money to me and, and always will be. I don't think there's ever going to be a time in my life unless inflation goes, 
you know, Germany uh, interim between World War One, World War Two. It gets that bad. There's a hundred dollars is always going to be a significant amount of money to me, and I never want it to be otherwise. I never want to be so rich where I'm just like, oh, hundred dollars, whatever. No, a hundred dollars is a lot of fucking money. I mean, I just think about all the yogurt I could buy for a hundred dollars. You know, um, all the brunches I could have. For $100, which when you start drinking is maybe like one and a half. But nevertheless, I just, it's, it, it is a, it, it can buy you a good time wherever you are. It can buy, at least it can buy me a good time wherever I am. A great a meal, evening, groceries. I mean, that shit just puts a smile on my face when I just, I don't have to spend the money that I already have. And I have other people give me a hundred bucks and they say, I have a, have a good time. It's just, it is the best. Cash will always be king. Uh, hello, who's this? Out of home, Joe the supermarket. What's up, Joe? God bless you. I Thanks for calling you. in today. I, I, I'm sorry that you're dealing with all these medical issues and your mom, and it's it's heavy. Well, I'm still positive. I mean, I saw a lot of people say, like, oh, this is down, oh, bringing us down. No, it's, I'm trying to. I never got to get out the, the end of it, but through uh, it all, yeah. I'm still smiling. I'm still positive. I still have a positive message. Uh, right. And what is your message? What would you like to get out to the people? Well, if I had to, I mean, this is not why I call. I have a question for you that I don't know if you'll like it or not, but I have to ask it just sure. to use my own brain. But my message, if based on what I just said, mm. and as far as, yeah, I had surgery. Yeah, I have scars. We all have scars, whether they're physical scars or emotional scars. Some people are ashamed of their scars. Some people hide their scars. But scars are actually a good thing. Scars, and you're gonna mean I like this, but scars are a symbol of something that God got us through. Right. So, I did you think I was gonna fight you there? Little thing on scars. No. That's all, because mm-hmm. I got scars. We, I'm sure you do too, whether they're physical or emotional. Yeah, I think that's just part of being a human being. You know, you go right. through things. So don't, don't, don't hide them. Don't run from them. Let them rip. Show them. Show your scars. Be proud. So here's what I want to ask you, if you don't sure. mind. Go ahead. I, I know you were just talking about how you're not open to learning sports. I am 100% dead on with you. I don't want to know nobody's name. Yeah. I don't want to care about no teams. I did. I've already lived that life. Right. But now, I, I ever since the whole NFL shift and Colin Kaepernick and all this, I mean, like, nah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is awesome. So that's a name you're going to want to learn and see him. I know. I know Kermit he's the Frog. Phenomenal. Yeah. I know him. Yeah. So he's awesome. But my question is would you ever be open to learning about blackjack? Oh, yeah. I mean, I understand the the premise of the game, but I do kind of, and you'll probably notice this, that I do go into like the thousand yard stare and yeah. I either start researching something that I, like yesterday, actually, what, what did you call today or yesterday when you were talking about this all your morning, medical? I was on, I, this, I morning. this morning. See, I, I have had to talk to Dr. no idea. Dan. Well, who called it? That's someone okay. called it, or maybe it was this morning. No, it was yesterday. Someone said something about the kidneys, and that got me thinking. I'm like, what is dialysis? Like, I, I, I say it, and I know that it's when your kidneys start to fail that you have to do it, but I'm like, what exactly is it? So I think it's when they were doing the blackjack deal that I'm like, this would be a great opportunity for me to learn what dialysis is. And you'll just see me, like, kind of stare, and then all of a sudden I'll start, like, shaking my head. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. You take the blood out, you filter it, you put it back in. Great, dialysis, because, you know, that's what the kidneys do. They filter. So then it's like, boom, I have this nugget of information that I probably wouldn't have had or remembered to 
look up had I not had that moment of like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to be like, help me, stand or whatever the fuck. So, no, I have no interest in learning like about gambling I, games. I feel like your your blackjack experience since we started with my bookie has become something that is like a a roller coaster. Like at first you were against it and you wanted to call gambling anonymous and go that route, and then okay, you started to get a little bit as Bubba started to win, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden you got the opportunity. Bubba was giving you the shots and you started with the hit by hit by and oh my God. I mean, I, I have to. Laughing so hard. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I do well, have to uh, here's, find a way to entertain myself. Because yeah, I, go ahead. I don't know if, if you know, because you're really smart. You have to know this, but there's a number psychology behind it. And it's very, very simple. If the dealer has uh, three, four, five, or six, that's the dealer's break card. Yeah. So you don't hit no matter what you have. 13, 14, 15, you may think, oh, man, I don't want to get the 21, and, and it, hopefully I get a little one. But no, you just stay because you don't want to take the dealer's break card. So that way when the dealer flips over their card, now they draw another card. It's a big one, and then they bust, and then we all win. Yeah. I just can't get myself to. I understand. I don't think it's a psychology thing as it is about a probability thing. Like I, I understand that. It's just a numbers game. I I get it. I understand why people like it, you know. But I just I just fucking don't care at all. I, I'm sorry, Joe. It's just so boring hey, to no, me. No, I appreciate your honesty. You know, I was my, I'm sitting here thinking like, once she figures because I know you're good with the birthdays, you're good with numbers. You just love it. Like, yeah. Thing. Yeah. So I thought you could delve into the psychology of blackjack and just really. And I don't think it's really psychology. It's probability. And, it's different. It's just it's numbers and. Like I said, probability—the chance of something happening—is is what I th- I think it 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 mo- mostly involves. And again, I could I could be wrong. I just I just here's the thing. I think if you just don't grow up with something, there's like some sort of like aversion to it. Oftentimes, where you're just like, my dad never watched football or like sports other than watching sports for the sake of watching the sport. Like he liked rugby, so he would watch rugby but there was he didn't know the stats on the players he didn't know the fucking names and he wasn't really involved in the teams and yeah he maybe wanted South Africa to win but like not really like he didn't really care so his attitude towards sports is like all that I had to go off of because my mom didn't watch fucking sports but the bitch was dancing all the time not at strippers she owned a dance studio thank you very much so I, I just kind of like approached it like my dad my dad had an interest in bodybuilding I have an interest in bodybuilding not that I do it I find it to be fascinating but you know that sort of thing my dad had an interest in UFC and martial arts now I do not UFC but I do jujitsu and I have an interest in martial arts so I, I feel like you're you're really just a product of your environment but my dad was like baseball I remember my dad just being like baseball is the most fucking boring sport I've ever seen in my life and, you know, you hear that as a kid, you you believe it, you breathe it, and then you grow up and you go, fucking baseball is the fucking most boring sport I've ever seen. You know, that's just kind of how I, I viewed it. And, and maybe that's held me back from certain experiences. I'm sure it has. I wish, I wish. You don't understand, Joe, how much when I see Dan and Lummy and Rhett and Bubba, how excited they get when a fucking game comes on that they care about and how amazing it is when they're just in that moment. I wish something brought me that much joy. And there's nothing like that. Mm. I wish I could recreate that feeling, but I just can't fucking get that excited. I have to go try to drown myself in a in a cold plunge to feel anything anymore, okay? Maybe well, I'm just jealous. Bubba. 
Hey, I know Bubba was bringing it up this week and how yeah. much you just love to be on the air. Like you're an animal for being on the air. Yeah. That doesn't, does that just, did the luster leave that? Is that no, gone no, no, no. I still really like that. No, I, I still really like that. Because but it's. I was, I was about to ask you, when you were talking about UFC and sports or whatnot, I was about to ask you, like professional wrestling, do you have any kind oh, of watch to your father? No, nothing, no. Nothing? Isn't, okay, this is going to be controversial, but I feel like I'm not wrong. And I've been told this by many people. I will name none of them, by the way. I feel like a lot of people who are in, like, not you and not Bubba, but a lot of people who are interested in, let's just say, professional wrestling, let's just say John Cena. Yeah. Yeah, it's our thing. It's like a hardcore our thing. And, and 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 there's an element that I never knew because I started. Am I wrong? When I Am I wrong? Audience, is, listen, listen. It's an our thing. Lay it out for you. Ready? I'm gonna lay it out for you. Yeah. Ready? This is what it all comes down to, right here. Yeah. It it's good for kids. Okay. Right. But once you turn 18, if you don't get into the business and start doing something, working in the business, yeah. and you're still watching it, then you are either a homosexual or you take a renaissance homosexual. every day. That's the bottom line. I know zero gay guys who are into... No, no. There was a huge homosexual element in wrestling that I never even knew. Like the What first do you mean element? You mean people who are fans of it or people who are actually wrestlers? You know, the fans are, are give and take. It's more the wrestlers. And the wrestlers the themselves are homosexuals oftentimes? Oh, yeah. Big time. Like who? Name one. 70%. Name. Okay, well, there's an openly gay wrestler on AEW. His name is Anthony Bowens. He's one half of the tag team called the Literally Acclaim. never heard of this and guy. Not that I know wrestling, but I've heard okay. names. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, there's there's plenty. plenty well, who's of famous? Who would I know that was a wrestler that was gay? Um, Can you name just one? Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson no, the first just, ever WWF Intercontinental I Champion know, in I mean, I need like a John Cena. I need a Rock. I need a Hogan. You I need something. I need a big is, fucking name. Let me blow your mind with something, okay? The yeah, Pat quickly. Patterson, who was the wrestler that yeah. was the openly gay wrestler, he went on to become a promoter and a booker in the back calling the shots. Mm. So if you wanted a job in WWF, you had to go to Pat Patterson's office and hang out for a little while. Yeah. And then that's how these guys move up the food chain. Now, hey. So he was I'm, like the I'm Roger Ailes of the WWF, where you yeah, had to, like, fuck him to, to get a spot on the air? Hey, I, I I mean, hey, I didn't say it, but, yeah, maybe I did. It's the truth. Hey, I mean, just, All right. I know you never wasted time looking it up, but I, I, I won't. I promise. You, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's a huge element of that. Okay. So All right, gotta, I believe you. you know, I never knew. I was watching oiled up muscular men in underwear touching each other for 20 minutes of a match. It's like. Well, I mean, context matters, okay? Because, like, for example, and I think about this oftentimes, like, when, especially when I see new people come into the gym, the jujitsu gym, is like, how insane is it that outside of the gym, when you walk outside, if you were to have another man's legs wrapped around you, you'd be like, this is. This is assault, this is gay, this is homo, whatever the case may be. But when you walk in and you get on those mats, I mean, you're like mounting another guy. You got your balls in his face. You're fucking, Mm. you know, grabbing his hips and pulling them towards you. Like, you're manipulating their body in such a way. Now, thankfully, for those that are, you know, afraid that it's considered gay, the gay element kind of evaporates once you start breaking arms and choking people out. Like, then it's cool. Right. 
Um, but it is it, interesting to me that every once in a while I'm like, this is so weird that this is so normal where, you know, two guys are basically like mouth to mouth on top of each other, mounted in side control or whatnot. But if you were to do that, it, it, it be that close to someone outside of the gym, it would be considered outrageous. So context matters. Well, so what were, I'm saying is you, you see these wrestlers. Were... Hold on. You see these wrestlers in their fucking underwear and shit like that. We, I think everybody can realize that this is just part of the of the of the uh, the essence of the whole thing. You know, it's yeah, part part of the pageantry I, I of the sport. You know, I don't need to be in these little tiny, tiny things. Oh, my God, that's nasty. Yeah. Hey, last thing I just wanted yeah. to ask you, we were just talking about something, but I forgot I was going to ask, but it was very important. But it's okay. What were you just saying? Real quick, that context matters, yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. I was, I was like, maybe it's not just a gay thing wrestling. Like, not that that's a bad thing, but I, I understand that it's part of the pageantry of the sport, if we can call it. A I sport. think what I was gonna say was, I really believe that even though twenty years has gone by in professional wrestling, and I'm not really like I'm growing out of being a fan, but I'm still a fan. You're always a fan. You mm-hmm. don't want to do it. I think I may be both homosexual and R. I think I'm oh. R because I'm laying in a hospital bed and can't walk. Yeah, you've got but a unique pairing there, Joe. So Yeah, I'm starting to get really attracted to men. So that's where I'm at. Okay. So well I, who's I, your who's your, your crush? Who's your crush? Real quick before you leave. Like who's your who would you like to anybody in the Bubba Army well, that you've been, kinda of had your eye on? Honestly, when I first saw Dark Match Steve in the in the studio wow. at about okay. one ninety nine, and he had his little baseball hat on, he's a little spinner, looking cute as fuck. And I see yeah. him do his videos, and he's so muscular, and oh man, he's so cute. Yeah, he's a cutie. He's a cute patootie. So, well, that's well, great, so Joe. You, him, but I mean, I could acknowledge a man and say, "Hey, look at this guy." Absolutely, he's hot, you know, absolutely. Like Doctor Dan, come on, let's be real. How can you not look at Doctor Dan and say that is a perfect man? Are you kidding me? He's our hero. Yeah, listen, as much as I would love to girl talk with you about the guys that you currently want to fuck, I you do have asked. to... I'm trying to wrap this up. I yes, go. I'm sorry. You're right. I got I, I, I didn't know it was going to go quite in that direction. All right, thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate you. God, God bless. Interesting stuff. 81390-Baba. Um, in my quest for uh, perfect health, or not so much perfect health, I just want to, there's very few things I can flex on, and I feel like my my health and my conditioning, my aerobic ability is one of them, which is why I'm getting my VO2 max tested. And you're like, what the fuck is that even, and why would one care? Well, you guys know I'm I'm really into the longevity deal. I, I love learning about not just biohacking, but, you know, bio bio explaining bio explain it what what is it not so much trying to hack your biome or your biology or anything like that but i like it when people do case studies around the world and they go okay look at these blue zones right and they go everybody that's living 100 plus are doing x y and z and then they find the commonalities and they give that information to the people so VO2 max is essentially like how efficient your body is at taking in oxygen uh, maximally. And, and it's a good proxy, not a good proxy, but a good metric for you, uh, like uh, athletic endurance and uh, just fitness overall, aerobic ability, things like that. 
So getting that test, it's essentially just a stress test. So they either put you on a bike or a treadmill, and they're like, all right, go at this. I, I mean, I really don't know. I haven't done it before, but then it's like, all right, you're going at this pace. They, they You got, like, the max oxygen mask on. Or I don't know if it's, like, an oxygen mask. I think just monitoring how much oxygen is coming in and out of you. And then they increase the, the stress and... Um, and see, I guess, how far you can push it, how far you can go. Now, lucky for me, I do always perform better when I have an audience. And I think I will have an audience because the guy who is administering the test is a professor at the University of Tampa. And he basically told me, didn't ask me, he told me that there would be some students there kind of like watching the test. Oh, tease! Hundred dollars. God damn it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Brunch with all the people, all the girls. Um, hell yeah. Oh dear. Oh, I mean, oh Mike Thurman with a $9.99 on the super chat. Guys, thank you so much. And if you're sending it anywhere else other than Super Chat, I will not see it. It will be considered after hours trading and it will be announced Monday morning. So I do apologize if you guys are sending stuff via Venmo, Cash App. Um, PayPal, anything else. I'm not seeing it, but I am seeing the super chat. So thank you to Tease, Mike, Brian from Philly. Um, God bless you guys. Thank you so much. So Monday after the show, going to go get that tested. And like I said, I do perform better in front of an audience, which is why I definitely wanted to do the cold plunge with a group of people because, and not only was I in a group of people, um, there were expectations of, of w- what this guy usually does. So the instructor was like, I have a 95% success rate of people doing three minutes in the cold plunge their first time. He told me that. He's like, I have a 95%. I'm like, I can't be, I can't be in that 5% a fuck up. So that helped with, you know, clear cut goals. And then obviously doing it in front of people where I was like, people were looking at me. I was held accountable and then thirdly, I was filmed. So if this was this was go- intended to be broadcasted to many more people than the people that were just there in that class with me. So having all of those things in mind, I was able to accomplish it, which was the three minutes in the 45 degree tub, which, again, last two minutes were fine. First 30 to 45 seconds. I I don't remember a worse experience, to be honest with you. I just um I don't think I've ever had my, what is it? I think it's your sympathetic nervous system. I don't think I've had my sympathetic nervous system um, that activated in my life. It was just a, like I had convinced myself that I'm like, this is unhealthy. Like I'm dying. And I just remember the guy going, you're, you will adapt. It's going to get easier. Like calmly. And I was like, okay. I can do this. Once I just knew I wasn't going to die, then I was like, okay, I can, I can go through this. But it, it, the beginning was, was rough and had people not been there, I definitely would have got my ass the fuck out of that, that tub. So I, I need that. So uh, also with the VO2 max, not as a uh, freaked out as I was about the cold plunge, but nevertheless, I will perform better if there are people watching me. I think we're all like that where you're just, you're going to try harder you're going to be able to endure more, whatever it is in, in our brains where it's like we don't want to be shamed, we want to impress, um, all that sort of stuff. So I did get blood work done a few weeks ago, and that I thought for some reason that that was going to tickle some part of my brain about being 
like like in shape. But the thing about blood tests is you're either in normal range or you're not, right? So you don't. There's no like excellent score. It's just all right. You're normal. You're good. And and I that just wasn't good enough for me. I needed to be exceptional. Like I'm like I work on my body, my health, and my nutrition all the time. I want I want I want more of an excellent score versus just like a normal, not normal score. So I'm like, all right, let's take it to the next level. Now with VO2 max, not only do you get like good, fair, excellent, whatever, now you get put into a percentage, which I like percentage. I like hierarchies because I want to be elite. So, you know, I'm thinking I'll probably be in the top 5% for my age, sex. Um, Yeah, age and sex, I guess, is the only two things that really matter. Um, So, yes, that will be on Monday. I will be filming that experience for you all and for myself as well. So it should be it should be interesting. 81390Bubba. I'm sure most of you know who the comedian, well, wasn't all that funny, but the comedian Dane Cook is. Uh, he recently got married. So just for reference, Dane Cook is 51 years old. And he just married a 24-year-old woman. Now, that in and of itself, to me, is a little odd. Um, that's a pretty big age difference, age gap. Uh, yeah, he's a pimp. I'm sure that's a lot of people would say. Pimp, daddy, awesome, fantastic. But then you kind of dig a little bit deeper and you go, oh, it's not like they just got married. Like they met and then got married a few months later. They've been dating for six years. So then you do the math there and you're like, all right, he was 45 and she was 18. What the fuck? Again, I'm sure many of you guys are like, hell yeah, pimp daddy. And to some degree, like I am too. Eight. Here. I don't know how I feel about this, folks, to be honest with you. I get why men. Any, all men are attracted to a certain age group of women. Like women are their hottest usually between 18 and 25, 26. It's when they're in their quote, sexual prime for, for men, because they're mature, obviously they're not children, sexually mature, but they're, they're young and they're uh, virile and they have um, usually the, the highest levels of fertility and they can bounce back quite quickly. And this is just why men prioritize and are attracted to youth in women. I understand that. I studied that when I went to grad school before I dropped out. Um, I studied that as an undergrad. I'm, I'm very aware of evolutionary biology and what things men find attractive in women and vice versa. No problem. I get it. But then when you like kind of like th- really think about it, okay, you you were a 45-year-old man and you meet an 18-year-old chick. And I get it. Like I understand wanting to like fuck her. Like I get that fully and completely. But then, like, hanging out with her seems like, hmm, that's interesting and a little bit bizarre. Again, understand the sexual component 100%. I don't really understand the um, the relationship component. Uh, obviously, I mean, it seems obvious. Everyone thinks, like, oh, the man is being predatory, maybe. But I also think of it, and I've heard other people talk about this as well, as well but, like, the female's also predatory in a way where she knows that she's able to kind of like 
hijack a man's feelings for her because she's so she's in her sexual prime, let's say. And sexual pride, and I'm, I'm sure some older women will get at me like, oh, no, it's early in your 40s where you're OK. Maybe you like you're you, you're sexually comfortable with yourself. But in terms of like your sexual agency and the power that you have over men, your prime your prime real estate is usually 18 to 24, 25. That's when every man from the age of like 15 to 80 are going to find women in that age category the hottest. That doesn't mean they're going to find as soon as you turn, you know, 26, you're unattractive to men. That's not the case. But if we're talking about like your prime, your prime as a chick from a sexual agency point of view, not necessarily your value to society. Certainly not. I think that increases for both people with age. You just meet more people. You have children. You uh, you you are more wise. You can you have the a better ability to help other people as you get older and you acquire more information. Men and women are certainly more valuable to society as they get older, I, I think. And then when they get too old, then they're a burden again. But but in terms of sexual agency. So I just want to say, like, not your value as a person, but your value on the sexual market is the prime is 18 to 24, I would say, for women. I get that. No problem. Has like a 45 year old man, and I'm sure. Have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive? It's all just radio waves. How much can a radio wave really cost? Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only 15 a month. Mint Mobile's service in comparison to the big providers are is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family and at mint family start at two lines use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts switch to mint mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free you got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba that's mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm sure there's many 45-year-old men listening right now, like, to hang out with an 18-year-old. Not just to hang out with an 18-year-old, but then this is this is what kind of boggles my mind, is that when she says stuff, you have to, like, take it into consideration, like she's a real person with real thoughts. Like that to me, I would think would be challenging because I know that if I was 
hanging out with an 18-year-old and they were trying to tell me their ideas about how things worked and their life and, you know, um, just their their view of the world and geopolitics or politics in general and they had some ideas of their own. And then to be in a relationship with someone is beyond just the sexual, right? You have to... You have to engage with them emotionally, spiritually, uh, mentally, and you have to kind of like indulge them. And I just don't think that that is like remotely possible with a 45 year old man who's at the time he was 45, lived a, a very full life and seen a lot of things and had a lot of experiences. And then you basically meet an infant adult and you fuck her. Yeah, great. Awesome. But then you have to, like, consider her ideas. Like, to, how do you pull that off? Where you're like, yes, that's that's wonderful. Like, great job. Yes, this is how this is how a credit card works. That's, oh, that's great. Oh, you've never, okay, you've never paid a bill before. Okay. Like, then how, when that person, how do you come to that person with a problem is what I'm asking. You know, when you're trying to, when you when you're in it with your partner and you come to the table and you're like, I got this fucking issue. You know, and when you respect the other person, that doesn't mean you have to listen to them all the time. But when you respect the other person's mind, at the very least, that you start talking and they start spitballing ideas and you're like, okay, I, you know, you may have some good ideas, you may not. But if you think that that other person is, is you know, mentally are, just reread out because you're like, you fucking know nothing. I feel like that would somehow diminish my respect for them. And again, I'm coming this at this from a female brain. So maybe that's my problem is that guys don't give a fuck. They're not looking to women to help solve their problems. I get it. Um, but also, like, how do you consider anything they say of value? And, and how do you pretend like what they say matters? I just feel like that would be um, that would be hard for me to accomplish. Mike Thurman again, 1999. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. 40 uh, SoCal guy and looking for 36 to 30. A, okay. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Unfortunately for you, I am taken. So sorry. So sorry. But I would love to hear your perspective. 81390 Bubba. I could just have a blind sight because I am a woman. I am a female human being, which I know is a controversial and inflammatory statement to make in this day and age because we sh I shouldn't even be assuming my own gender, because I probably don't even know what it is, according to, you know, the people that run things around here. But nevertheless, I'll make that statement. I'll make that controversial statement that I am a female. So maybe I'm coming at it with a female brain and that men don't give a fuck. And I and again, I get the sexual component. So if someone could call in and maybe give me a little bit of information. Now, I understand as you get older, the age gap means less, right? Like there's... The difference mentally between, let's say, a 20-year-old and a 40-year-old is much greater than, say, a 35-year-old and a 55-year-old, right? Like, then as you get older, the years mean less. So you can have, like, a larger age gap, but it's it makes more sense. Like, it's not a big deal if George Clooney, who's 60, is with a woman who's 40, but it is kind of strange if a guy who's, you know, 30, 40, 38 is with someone who's 18. Like there's a big, the age difference is the same, but the mental um, maturity is, is much different. So if you want to call in and help me with that, understand that, 
Uh, maybe I'm just not I'm not getting it and he should just be applauded. And But I would just like to see their interaction because I feel like when there's a huge age gap, especially when one of the, the partners involved is very young, uh, I'd like to, to just look at, you know, what do you guys talk about? You know, what's the pillow talk? Is it just just uh, talking about fucking all the time? Because that's going to even that is going to get old at some point. And so I would just like to know what you're talking about and how do you how do you convince the other person that you actually are considering what what they're saying? Because I've talked to 18 year olds before or, you know, maybe younger, maybe a little older when they start spewing their ideas. You're just like, right. That's great. Oh, okay. You're just going to go to college and then just get a job and make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. That's so interesting. Tell me more with your, you know women's studies major that you're going to suddenly become this, um, you know, fashion tycoon. I, how are you going to accomplish this? Oh, it's just, uh, I'm going to work here for six months. And I'll probably get promoted. No, no, you won't. No, you won't. Not going to happen, but that's okay. Brittany Renner is also in the news, not to keep this. So, you know, I'm not trying to make it all pop culture, but it's interesting. It's interesting. Even with pop culture, there's things to learn and things to take away from mostly in terms of like what we value as a culture or just interesting things that people say and maybe they're not supposed to say, which is kind of what happened with Brittany Renner. For those that don't know, I didn't know who she was until there was like this big hoopla about her and Andrew Tate being on a podcast together. Oh my God, Brittany Renner. I'm like, who's this fucking Brittany Renner chick? So I looked her up. She is essentially just uh, like an Instagram superstar and uh, she has like a workout deal and she has, I think, a clothing line or she has, a f- I saw she has like some weird leggings where one side is a full legging and the other side is like sh- shorts. It's shorts and pants together, um, like asymmetrical shit. I don't know. It was just bizarre. And then there's just lots of videos of her twerking and stuff. And apparently she's a quote, you know, say it like it is chick, a bad bitch, if you will. Uh, who who gets the bag, like all of the cool things that you're supposed to be as an independent woman. But she's recently come out and talked very openly and candidly about her sexual history and how she regrets much of it, which is interesting because most women would never admit that they regret what they're doing, at least publicly. And, you know, you can fuck like a guy and be a you know, on it, have unattached sex, all that sort of stuff, which now it seems like there is, there's always a reaction to everything that happens, whether it's something from the right or from the left. But, you know, we've seen this, I remember, I think it was a few years ago now, where there was like a, I think it was called the slut walk or something where girls would walk in, in heels or, or something about how like you, sh- you, you shouldn't st- stigmatize the walk of shame sort of a deal, which many women have made. And and for those that don't know what that is, it's when you hook up with a guy. Maybe you fuck him, maybe you don't. Maybe you just did other stuff. And you wake up in his bed the next morning and you go, oh, no. And you just get up, you take your shoes in your hand, typically, and you just walk your ass home. Now, for those that maybe didn't go to college, you, you didn't see too much of this, but as someone who did go to college... On any given Saturday or Sunday morning, I could, I I lived in a a little adorable town called Isla Vista, for those that don't know. Isla Vista is adjacent to UC Santa Barbara, greatest college ever to exist. 
um, not necessarily prestige wise, although it was a very it was a great research university. But it was just the most fun. It was it was the the perfect place to go to college to experience college in terms of geographically right on the fucking beach in Southern California. Stunning views, even more stunning people. Uh, you'd on campus you'd see people holding their surfboards, and it was just a fucking cool place to be. Awesome, fantastic. I'm I'm friends with many of the people I went to college with. You you it was really. Not, not that we transitioned into adulthood there, but you learned a lot. It was the first time you were really kind of like on your own, kind of. You're on your own physically, right? Like you didn't have mommy and daddy there, but some oftentimes mommy and daddy were, you know, helping you out with the, with the monies and stuff. But anyways, um, you could often just wake up if you were to wake up early, which you probably weren't. Because even if you didn't do the walk of shame, you're probably hungover like I was. And you could look out your window and you could just see girls everywhere shoes in hand, you know, they didn't have their sunglasses because, you know, they were out from the night before, shielding themselves from the brightness of the of the morning sun. And you just go, walk a shame, walk a shame. Sometimes you'd you'd holler out, like, woo, get a girl, or whatever, you know. You give them some moral support, they usually either give you a smile or do the, like, uh, you know, the, I don't know what this is called, but, uh, you know, the V with the tongue thing. We all know what that what that is. But anyways, you'd get a reaction out of them. And... It was called the walk of shame because there was shame involved in it because it was signaling to the people that saw you that you were a, a loosey-goosey, right? You couldn't really stay too long because they, they weren't your boyfriend and they weren't really someone you were dating. And maybe you didn't want to stay. Maybe you're like, what have I done? So the, the, the walk home was called, you know, appropriately so, the walk of shame, so people, meaning women, decided to take that back. Well, hey, we're not shameful about the walk of shame. We can fuck anybody that we want to fuck, and who cares? We f- shouldn't feel bad about it. And to some degree, I, I agree with that. You shouldn't feel bad about it morally. It's not, a, it's not really a moral quandary to me in terms of are you a good or bad person, good and evil. It's not really that for me. I, I do think that it's, it's more of like a good and bad idea in terms of your mental health and your physical health, you know, God forbid you, you, you get, you get something, you contract something. You don't want that. So I just think that it's, it's people made it a moral thing. Uh, to me, again, I think it's a separate issue. You know, is it, is it a, a moral or immoral thing to eat a, a, an entire cake right before you go to bed? It's neither. It's not like a good or bad thing in the sense of good and evil, but it's a good and or bad idea right? It's maybe a bad idea to do that. That's kind of how I view sexuality and promiscuity is it's like, it's just oftentimes a bad idea, especially for women. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a good idea. So anyways, <clears throat> Brittany Renner is, has come out and said that she has, in fact, it's actually kind of a funny interview. It's with Shannon Sharp, who used to be, I watch my sports, uh, he used to be on ESPN with Skip Bayless, right? Do I get points for that? I don't know what the fuck their show was called. It was called The Sports Show with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Who fucking knows? Sports Tonight, ESPN uh, headline show, whatever the fuck it was called. He leaves Skip. He does his, He's doing his own thing. I, don't, I, I guess this is some sort of podcast. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, and he's interviewing Brittany Renner. I, I don't want to get a, a copyright strike here, so I'm just going to play like a little itty bitty part of it. But she um, she just basically comes out and says like, hey, I've fucked 35 guys. What's what, what's the big deal here? 
So let's just hear a little bit of this. Just to be honest, you know, but as I got older, I wanted one. But, but, did, you, but, did, but did you think Did that, I think about the ramifications yes. of telling people that I had sex with multiple men? Yes, I don't care. It's the truth. If you don't, if you don't see me as a potential dating person, then great, one less heart to break. Leave me alone, and I'm going to continue to live but my you, truth. But, but you do understand... Brittany, All right, I don't want to play too much because I don't want to get a copyright strike here. But uh, I think r prior to the the part I just played, she says I've I've had sex with thirty five men, and Shannon, you know, he's he's super dark and black, but you could almost see him blushing. Almost, he's just like embarrassed. He's he doesn't know what the, you know. He makes a joke about needing more alcohol, all that sort of thing. Um, thirty five men is that. Is that a high number? I don't know. Because honestly, I thought her number would have been higher the way that she talks. Uh, she seems to be pretty, like, proud of her roster. Which, hey, if you're going to fuck 35 guys, they might as well be pro athletes. You know, which is kind of what she was saying. She's like, listen, it's an impressive list. It's not just 35 Joe Schmoes. It's 35 rappers and professional athletes. So I guess we can kind of you know, deduce from that that she is a, a a high quality woman in the fact that a lot of uh, impressive men find her sexually attractive. But unfortunately for women, once you come out and you say that you fucked a lot of guys, I don't think that would deter other guys from fucking you, but that might deter other guys from investing in you. That's the problem there. So that's typically why women seem to downplay their body count, which is how many people they have had sex with, uh, which makes sense. And guys, I, I think of what I've heard, typically try to round up, right, to make it seem like they're more experienced because women want experienced men, but men don't really want experienced, sexually experienced women, not too sexually experienced. At least that's what I've, um, I've come to understand. You know, and I feel like the older... Men and women get the more realistic they become. They're like, all right, well, you obviously had sex because you have a kid, you've, you're divorced and whatever. But I think if men had it, you know, if, if they were the top 1% of men and they were able to kind of like pick and choose who they wanted, I would say most men would probably want a, a, a woman that was a bit younger um, or around that age that we talked about, that 18 to 24 range. And then they also would like someone who maybe wasn't married before. And certainly they probably would want someone that, that doesn't have a kid. Um, that's n maybe not a popular thing to say, but I think that that's a pretty, that's, it's pretty obvious that if you could pick, you know, the same woman with or without a child, you would probably go without because you don't really want to be involved in raising offspring that's not yours. Um, you would like to invest in your own with this person, quite possibly. So, anyways, I'd like for I'd like to get some feedback from for this. A one three ninety Bubba is that is thirty five men a lot? I feel like it it used to be, but because now the sort of things that I hear women doing, I'm just like, wow. If I'm just happy that if you're not in the triple digits, then that's pretty, then that's pretty swell. And Shannon also makes a good point here. You know, he's like, that's kind of selfish to say out loud. And she's like, what are you talking about? Why, what, why, why is it selfish? He's like, because then for the next guy that's going to, like, invest in you, you're making him look bad. Because now you're broadcasting that you are maybe not that selective, which she kind of is in some ways because she's not just fucking any guys. She's fucking, you know, top athletes and, and rappers and whatnot. But anyways, 
you're making him look, your future guy look bad because this is on the internet now where it lives forever. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. And um, let's get to it. Hello, who's this? It's B96 Tony. B96 Tony, thank you for calling into the program. All right, Anna, I'm going to tell you something that I don't normally say, but I'll I'll say it. Do it. So I was married twice. Okay. And the first time I was married, I was married to the girl my same age. How and, old are you uh, now? You know, now I'm 45. Okay. And at the time when we met, she was same age. Like we we're like, you know, from like 20 to 30. Mm-hmm. And um, we kind of ran the same. But I found that that relationship was just boring. We were just doing just like all the same things. And then we got divorced. And then... I met when I was 33. Sorry, just um, a who was quick pause here. Just quick pause. Yeah. Uh, John Costica, 49. Sorry, go ahead. Thank you, John. Go ahead. <laughs> but um, so I met a girl 10 years younger than me. So now yeah, you're at what age? Right. This is your second. You're... Uh, yeah, I'm 45 and she's 35. And this is now or? This is now. Okay. Right? Yeah, this is 10 years later. Yes. But when I met her, I was, you know, 35 and she was 25 and um but the point is is that like there is such a like god there's so many weird things when you date someone with a 10-year difference like like she likes to go out and party and stay out all night and you're 35 years old you're like "Ah, i don't know about all that and there's just there are a lot of awkwardness and a lot of adjustments and you're still with this woman and here's oh yeah oh okay okay so how did you you work through that obviously it didn't it didn't break you you you're able to tolerate it but yeah, but you know, what I wanted to tell you was the difference between my first marriage and my second, dating someone who's 10 years different, is the 10-year the difference. Okay, basically, the first wife is real conservative. Dating someone 10 years younger, she had such an open mind to threesomes and orgies and just like craziness. I, I think and you're making like, a, a huge generalization with only having a sample size of, of two, which is... You're, the first person you were with was boring, and the second person you were with was 10 years younger, and they were exciting. It, it could just be them. Like, you met a boring person, and then you it, met an exciting it, person, you know? Could be true, but I think her mindset and her politics and a lot of the things that she thinks and thought were just, and her music selection, and like, there are so many different things that were different than someone who's your own age. I mean, you have, like, she's, like, into, like, like, boy bands and i'm into like pearl jam you know i'm like it's like so weird how differences that we have yeah it's age somewhat age dependent but i think it's just also her as well i mean i I knew 25 year olds when i was 25 that never went out to the bars and i know people in their 40s that go out all the fucking time so it's age dependent but it's also just could be you vibe better with that person. You're more attracted True. to them for uh, a plethora of reasons and their interests, and you're just kind of associating that with their age. Like, oh, all 25-year-olds are into this. It's, I don't know if that's necessarily true. But, how? I mean, has she calmed down? Now she's 35, so. Oh, yeah, now she's, like, totally, like, chill and just. Now like, she's yeah, boring, right? Over. Or no? <laughs> well, no, I'm probably actually the boring one. Or maybe I was just immature. You're right. I might have just been an immature person, and then I was just equally mentally the same as her at her age. You know what I mean? But well, we had a question for yeah. you, Anna. This is the one. Sure. We're doing the intermittent fasting. Yeah. Because we were kind of wondering if you could talk. Who is we? Oh, you and your wife. Time. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. We are kind of um, wondering if you could walk through and talk through your weight changes like Bubba tried to do that one day, but like where you could just tell us like where you started at 
and where you got to and where you're trying to go to like like what how, how does your weight fluctuate? fluctuate and like yeah i guess my wife wanted to know your perspective on it yeah um so first i need to tell you that i oh shit oh oh he's listening for the answer um so i i'm trying to remember your name but john from I'm sorry, John Kostiki came in and stole the show in terms of who I was uh, who I was addressing here. But anyways, um, first off, I need to say I was I was never really heavy. Okay, so like if we're looking for like drastic 40, 30, even like fifty, I, I, that's not me. It, it, my my changes were, were pretty minimal. So I, I want to say that first and foremost that I I didn't have like the, quote that much weight to lose. Um, secondly, I need to disclose that I don't weigh myself on a regular basis. It's not a good idea for me. Um, someone who has, I hate saying like suffered from, but someone who had a problem with, um, you know, obsessing over numbers and weight and freaking out about uh, small fluctuations and uh, someone like me, for example, that had OCD and also compounded with body image issues, which I have yet to meet a woman that doesn't have body image issues. So it's not just a me thing. I understand that. I'm not special. So I would say I've like bounced up and down between, let's just say since I was fully grown ever since I was about maybe 16 or so. Uh, I would say that at my my light at, at this height, let's say at my lightest, I was probably about 103, 103 pounds, which was not healthy. That's when I was doing. That's when I was partying a lot, folks. That was probably I was maybe 24, 25 years old, so over a decade ago. Uh, just it kind of got away from me. Um, also, I was very I was pretty young, but I was partying. I thought ecstasy was a food group, and yeah, it was a little bit of a problem. And then I would say probably at my heaviest was probably maybe two and a half years ago. And also when I was in Australia and just didn't know anything about anything. And I was probably about 128, 29, maybe 130. And most of you guys are just like rolling your eyes. I know that's not heavy, and especially for being like your heaviest. It's like whatever. But it was a bit uncomfortable probably about two and a half, three years ago. I, I was with Bubba and, I mean, here at the BRN. And I went from being, like, having a certain schedule where I was waking up at, like, fuck. The three months before I was employed here, I wasn't working at Horn Blasters anymore. So I was waking up at, like, fucking 10, 30, 11 a.m. You know, horrible. Just bad habits. And I was just working at night at the bone. So I would I would literally start my work day at 8 p.m. Because that's when I had to be in. We started the show at 9. We went 9 to midnight. And then I did my show with Will Koontz, Stay Woke, from midnight to 1. So I would basically, like, two meals a day. Everything was fine. And then I started working with Bubba. And I went from, you know, going to bed at 4 a.m. to waking up at 4.30 a.m. So everything changed. And I started, I would eat breakfast because I was told, I was told the fucking lie that breakfast is the most important meal and you got to make sure and God forbid, because if you don't, you'll get a headache and you won't be able to focus and all this other bullshit that we were told. So my feeding window would go from fucking 4.30 in the morning was my first meal. And then I would eat graze essentially all day long. I would have like like distinctive meals, but I was like snacking in between the snacks of the meals. It was 
It was terrible. And I wasn't even eating that poorly, but I was just eating frequently all the time. And so I would probably have my last meal usually at like 7 p.m. So what is that? A fucking 14 and a half hour feeding window of just like nonstop eating. So I was always bloated. I started gaining weight and I wasn't weighing myself until I went. Dr. Dan um, was gracious enough to offer some of his services to me. And I did the true sculpt ID. I remember talking about this. <clears throat> Burned a little, but it did work. So I went to his office. I hadn't weighed myself probably in like two or three years. I had an idea of like what I thought it was going to be. And they put me on a scale because they were just like, oh, we need to check your weight. And I got on the scale and I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Last time I weighed myself, I was 15 pounds lighter. So what's going on there, folks? Um, and I was, I was pretty upset about it because I also realized, you know, my clothes weren't fitting quite right and it was just annoying more than anything. Well, I wasn't worried about my health, but I was just annoyed because I felt like I work out all the time and I just don't look like I do. Like I just kind of look a little too normal and I like to look like 10% freakish. You know, I like the shoulders to pop a little bit when I, so, um, I had told myself, this is so silly because it was so, it wasn't even that long ago, but uh, I just, I'd always considered it was a, a numbers game, right? Like fucking blackjack, right? Calories in, calories out. How much are you burning? I, mean, I wasn't really taking into consideration at all the hormonal aspect of the calories that you consume. <clears throat> and not even the, like the number of calories, but just like what calories, you know, a hundred calories of broccoli is going to affect your body a lot differently than a hundred calories calories of cookies or whatever so I, I just did I was just like calories in calories out what the fuck is going on and I had convinced myself that it was an age thing that my metabolism as a at the time what 33 year old was just shot you know this is what happens when you age you start gaining weight it's what I told myself I, I I thought I was convinced um I started going to the gym more going harder you know all this sort of bullshit until I came across a guy named Dr. Jason Fung from Canada and he turned my life around, man. Like, I never considered fasting, uh, which seems silly how much, how involved I was in the whole fitness, nutrition thing. But anyways, um, I really tried to, like, get weight off by, you know, muscling it off in terms of, you know, excessive exercise, essentially, is what I was doing. And it, the weight was budging a pound or two. Then I got COVID and I got excited because I dropped, like, four pounds. But it's like, you're fucking dehydrated, bitch. So uh, I was like, all right, well, I, this is just my new normal now, I guess. But then I started intermittent fasting, and I'm telling you with probably in about, again, I could have done it faster, and I wasn't tracking myself every day, but I would say probably within a few months, four or five months, I lost 10 pounds, which again, on my frame is a lot. On most people, it's not, but on me, it is. Uh, but then you lose 10 pounds and you go, oh, I could probably lose a few more, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm very frank about it, but in May I got a Sika scan cause you know me and body composition, all that sort of shit. And they weighed me and, uh, I was 108.5 pounds and I'm like, okay, okay, we did it again. We, we did it again on it. This is what I do all the fucking time is I take something that's good and I do it until it's bad. <laughs> I do it until it becomes unhealthy. Um, so I, someone with, with OCD and discipline, I've never struggled with because that's what drives you. And and unfortunately with OCD, the, the reason why it can be, it, it's so invasive and hard to get rid of 
is oftentimes when it attaches to something good, and I'm doing good in quotes, like working out, exercise, being disciplined with what you eat, um, you get applauded for it. You get, you just get so many accolades and people are, are envious and they're just like, wow, you're so disciplined. So it's hard to get rid of habits when everyone else around you is telling them, telling you that they're good. So that's why it, it takes a lot of insight and a lot of time and wisdom and just getting used to experiencing this sort of stuff where you go, oh, okay, I did it again. Oops, I did it again. I took something good and fucked it up. So I, I, I've, I've actually been doing, um, dialing it back with the intermittent fasting. I'm trying not to fast as, I still fast like for a good amount of time, but I try to do it less times during the week. So if I do like an 18 hour fast, instead of doing it seven times a week, it's now maybe four times a week, right? And then it's like, okay, let's do 16. That's fine. We can work backwards. It's cool. Like it doesn't always have to go in one direction. Um, That's what I have to tell myself consistently to keep myself in line because I have a problem of taking a good thing and then doing it to the point where it becomes unhealthy. Um, Not everybody has that issue. And a lot of you guys have a lot of weight. And by weight, I mean fat to lose. You want, you don't want to have a super high um, body fat percentage. It's just, it's just not healthy. Some people have a, a higher tolerance for it in the sense of subcutaneous fat. So like the fat that's like that you see essentially is, is, is really less invasive and, and, and bad for your health than, than the visceral fat. Visceral fat is, is pretty much like it's um, overflow. So like you think about filling up a bathtub, right? At a certain point, it's starting to overflow. That overflow is visceral fat. So some people have a smaller bathtub, right, where they don't really look that fat, but they have a lot of visceral fat, the, the belly fat, the bad belly fat that they talk about. That's fat that, like, attaches to your organs and shit and starts to, you know, it it, it inhibits them, the organs, from, from working fully and completely and at 100%. So a lot of people, you know, some people may have a bigger bathtub where they can be look pretty fat on the outside, but the visceral fat is is, on, is fine. And some people are, are the opposite where they're that's actually probably the more dangerous situation to have is to be someone who doesn't have a high tolerance for subcutaneous fat. Because think about gaining 10 pounds of fat and then it starts to spill over into visceral fat. Whereas with someone who has a higher threshold for that, maybe they can gain 50 pounds and still be totally fine. So and and at least with the person who is visibly fat, it's a it's a visual cue that, whoa, I got to get this under wraps. Whereas the other person is, you know, the, quote, skinny fat person who isn't fat and doesn't think that there's a problem because they're not, quote, overweight. But they do have a, a buildup of that visceral fat that that is attaching to, you know, the heart, the the intestines, the liver, the kidneys, that sort of stuff, the pancreas. That is not something that you want. I don't know what my visceral fat is. I, I think I'm probably fine. But um, but yeah, I, I even forgot what the what the original question was. My weight fluctuations, I would say, let's just say, I my start weight was probably about one hundred and twenty five pounds, and then I got down to one hundred eight, right? So, what's that? Sixteen pounds, you know? And now I'm probably back up to right about my. I feel best at probably about one thirteen, one fourteen, and then I I gotta just just be mindful of it, you know, every day because that's that can be you know obsessive to to a person who has a brain like mine. Uh, Let's take a few more calls. I have no idea what time it is. Oh, shit. I've been going for over an hour. Look at that. Hello, who's this? Hey, Anna. How you doing? Scott from Delaware. What's up, Scott from Delaware? Thanks for calling in. Hey. Yeah, man. Uh, 
I wanted to call and let you know that I, I kind of credit you with something I'm doing. And uh, I, I I got on the fasting script. Yeah. I wanted to call during the show, but I think Bubba would be like, oh, really? Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> he probably would be. I, um, so I started this keto thing, a yeah. clean keto. Now, I know you don't eat meat and all this, but, yeah. you know, just, just spent a month on this. And I wanted to generally just get into the fasting thing, but I find myself just automatically doing it. Great. And I mean, yeah. And just the, now I'm going like, I'm just doing like a 16 hours, I guess. That's fantastic. Honestly, that's like fantastic. It. And, um, but, um, I've gotten rid of blood. We're talking one month. I've gotten rid of blood pressure medicine. Oh. I've gotten rid of, um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, was something else. Uh, it was hypertension big, or, uh, the statins, the statins. Statins, okay. My legs, yeah, cause oh. my legs were getting kind of crampy and all that. So, like uh, blood thinners and, and okay. Keto, Absolutely. But, um, but keto and and then you said by default you were also fasting because you just weren't hungry. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, You're. It's just, that's great. That that makes me so happy. I don't think you can credit me for the keto thing. I'm. I'm. I certainly am not keto. Um, oh, I know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's a, it's like not hot dog. I'm talking clean keto, like just not nothing mm. processed. Just you know, because just elk meat that you yourself like hunted. It. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and then I combine <laughs> all this with transcendental, transcendental meditation, and just the whole trifecta has been has been wonderful. So that's great. Anyway, I thought of you when I kind of leaned into the into the fasting deal but i'm glad you're talking about that. good yeah it. keto is extremely effective it, it really is it just for me i i think and, and for most people if you want to have like a social life at all like you know or if you just want to indulge every once in a while and it sucks that you're like oh i can't I'll, let me just have this one piece of cake oh i'm out of, i'm out of ketosis and you know I, but it is effective and it will get the fat it will get the weight off the fat off yeah, and I, and it just how it makes you feel. I mean, I I don't care as much about the weight as how I'm living life. Now, Good. You know, Did you get positive. sick at all when you were in the transition? I know some people when they when they transition into ke- doing the keto thing and getting ketosis, they get like flu, like like they get the flu the or flu like symptoms. The keto flu, yeah. Yeah. So what what that is is that is the uh, when you when you your body just gets rid of all electrolytes. And um, there's this stuff called LMNT, uh, mm. element, and uh, okay. it's like a thousand milligrams of sodium. I don't mean to hawk a product, but it has like a thousand milligrams sodium, and uh, potas- it has potassium and magnesium. If you stay on those, you do not experience that keto flu. In so my- you're saying that it's caused by just the lack of electrolytes? Because I know that when you have a lot of carbohydrates, you harbor a lot of water. So I guess when you go off the carbs... Right. You lose a lot of water. You lose a lot of electrolytes, sodium, potassium, etc., and that makes you sick. Yeah. Okay. When you're in ke- when you're in ketosis, you can you can have all the salt you want because your body needs it. I see. And um, and and it just gets it, your kidneys just dump out all of that stuff, mm. and then you need to replenish it, and that's what happens. You get the sort the crampy legs. You need uh, the magnesium you get the and yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, that's been the secret. I mean, I've, I've read all into it. And, but know, let me let me ask you this, because, again, I've never done keto. I, I don't have an interest mm-hmm. in it, although I know it's effective way of losing weight and primarily fat. 
do you, every time you get kicked out of ketosis, and maybe you don't, maybe you're 100% on it all the time, but God forbid you have a cracker, now you're out of ketosis. Now to get back into ketosis, do you have to go through all the flu-like shit again, typically? Or? No. Okay. No, and, and this is what I didn't realize, but no, I've, like I could go out and you know, have a slice or something like that, a pizza or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, but it depends on how far you get out of the ketosis. Like one, like a slice of pizza, you can bounce back from. But if you You say you you go go off for a week, you go on a week binge of pizza and donuts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now donuts and then you're getting into the weeds. You're, you're, you know, back to square one, but two days, if you do it, you know, two days, you feel much better. Already, so I don't. Yeah. I don't want to do it so hardcore in my life. I just want to do it to where I feel good, and uh, okay. kind of stay right there at the zero point. You know where, you know, I could have some stuff, and then you know, because you got to live your life. You can't just. Yeah, I don't want to live in a world day. where I can never have a donut. Like that sucks. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, and and you know, so I can have some light beers and stuff like that okay. or whatever. But uh, you know, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Hey, how's you're still with Blitz, right? I am. Yes. How's he doing? He's I doing great. Nothing about Blitz. I'm I know. I know. I know. And we had a caller call in earlier about it as well. He's doing great, man. Oh. He's doing great, and he loves hearing oh. from you guys. Those that reach out, and most likely he'll get back to you on it. You know, I'm not going to get on his ass and be like, "You need to respond." People, I'm just. I just tell you to reach out. If he wants <laughs> to reach out, he will. I kind of just let him do his thing. But he's doing great. He sent me an email some time ago. Oh, good. Because um, I was talking to him about some stuff with the show. And, uh, you know, but I haven't talked to him since. And, uh, you know, just just wondering. Just hope he's doing all right. He's doing great. I, I appreciate the inquiry. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing good. We're doing great. All right, babe. Well, love you guys. All right. I'll let you go. You too. Have a great weekend, okay? Appreciate you. Oh, sorry. Prematurely hung up on you there. Well, if there's no more calls, I think I'm talked out. What what did we do here? Almost an hour and a half. I had to get it out because especially when we when it's a heavy sports show and I'm just kind of sitting there, a lot of blackjack. I can't really contribute. It 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 bubbles and boils up, and so I have to get it. Ooh, another call. How exciting. Let's take it. Hello, who's this? Hello? Anna Hamal. Hi. Hey, baby girl. It's Sister Girl Tease. It's, I, I know it's Tease. Oh, thank you so oh. much. Thank you so much for, for throwing that hundy in there. That just made my day. Hell yeah, yeah. Sister Girl. Hell yeah. You're the best. Oh, you always. I'll, I just I'll need to keep you in my you pocket. You're so, you're so, I, I would love to just keep you in my pocket because every time I see you, you're just, you're just a bubble of joy, you know? Well, fuck yeah. Well, that's, fuck that's, yeah. That's how I roll. Yeah. That's how I roll. I know. And, you know, like I said, like, we need to get, like, the royalty hose, you know, the local one. Oh, Anybody I like that. that. Come, but, like, the royalty Susan hose. P, you know, Wizzy, I mean, Maria Guatemala. I mean, you know. Listen, let's, hey, let's, if let's do a brunch. I am not trying to say anything bad about anybody or anything. I am more than happy to attend, but the last time I tried to get everyone and ev- you know together, it's it's a lot. So if anybody of the royalty hoes wants to organize something like that, I one hundred percent will show me up. And, me and Susan Poitras have been. We, we've been I will ha- happily show that, up. So. I will not organize well, yeah. it though. Just to try to get yeah, on I mean, everybody's page like, and organize yeah, and see like when corral, it's like okay. corralling cats. 
Yeah, know? exactly. You got you know? it. Oh, by the way, cats rule. You know, don't don't talk shit about cats because they're but the they best. But they don't. So. I mean, and I guess it depends cats. on the cat. I'm sure you're going to tell me your cats are different. They're not like that. But they're, no, I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Oh, I'll I'll, br- I'll bring it to the. Please I'll don't. bring Hayward to the next one ninety nine. Oh, you'll no. be like, oh my god! I'm I love sure he's going to love the horn, the train horn. Uh, oh no, they're, they're the best. Yeah. But I mean, you know, let, you know, we'll get the local royalty hose or anybody who wants to go, but. By all means, yeah, you organize it. I'll show up. All right. Well, I'll get with I'll, I'll get with Sister Girl Susan P because you know that bitch loves brunches. So, oh, she sure know. does. She yeah, sure does. Well, you did an awesome show. Thank you. you. And we'll definitely see you at one ninety nine. All right, I'll see you on the twenty seventh. You got it. All right, thanks, girl. Have a good weekend. All right, talk to you later. Bye bye. So great. Just the best listeners. We have the best fans, all five of them. All five of you guys. Thank you, Tease. Thank you, Brian from Philly. Thank you, Mike Thurman. Did I miss anybody? Please call them out if I... Oh, John Costica. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if I forgot him? Never. Never. Thank you guys so much. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Please stay safe. Don't drink and drive. Don't be Orlando Davis. Don't be that guy. Plus, Kevin's got a lot going on. He doesn't have time for your DUI phone calls, okay? I love you guys. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you on Monday.